Hey guys, Gary here. Before we get to the show today, I wanted to highlight our sponsor, Sports Engine. Sports Engine is dedicated to making the life of a youth sports volunteer easier. Through their applications, people are able to save time on administrative tasks, allowing them more time to focus on developing their athletes. More than a million teams, leagues, and clubs use Sports Engine every day to run their websites, promote their programs, and to collect signups. They also offer an easy solution for getting uniforms delivered directly to their athletes' homes. It's called Sports Engine Gear, and you can check it out at sportsengine.com forward slash gear to get started. Great. Now, on to our show. You're listening to On The Whistle, the podcast that explores the impact that coaches, teachers, and mentors from youth sports organizations and schools have on young people's lives. Here's our host and Squad Locker CEO, Gary Goldberg. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of On The Whistle. Whistle listeners, you're in for a treat today. Um, We've got two great guests And this show is special to me, and it's going to be special for you. You can think about classic rivalries. We're talking Red Sox and Yankees, Lakers and Celtics. We have two head coaches of the premier high school lacrosse teams in the state of Rhode Island. And anybody who's anybody knows that Northeastern regional lacrosse is competitive lacrosse, except for Annapolis, Maryland, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> this is well, where coming out of the gate strong this though. is where it happens and these two coaches have met each other in the state finals too often to count dozens of times okay um from moses brown school we're we're sitting here with our coach mike frioli mike uh, originally from annapolis maryland he attended annapolis high school played football and lacrosse for the panthers there as did uh, I have in my notes here, Coach Belichick, I guess, attended your high school. Is that, is that a fact? Fact. Interesting fact. Um, we have a research staff that's unparalleled here at On the Whistle. Unparalleled. Mike went on to play college lacrosse as a midfielder at St. Mary's College. He was a two-year captain and a cap- Capital Athletic Conference All-League player. Then he moved into coaching at Dartmouth. Uh, Hartwick, and then had a pretty long stint at uh, Brown University for the Bears there. But Mike's greatest achievement, in my opinion, is becoming a Moses Brown lacrosse coach because I graduated from Moses Brown, and and you guys have heard, your listeners have heard me talk about it before. Um, And so Mike has been a coach there since 2008. It's 2021, so you're on a roll, Mike. Um, and he's deeply ingrained in the in the Moses Brown School. Um, in addition to that, having had lots of players reach high levels of accomplishment, I mean, both coaches can talk about all American players, all academic players, all division players. They both had dozens and dozens of dozens of them, and that's not by chance. In addition, Mike's worked really hard with um, – the Bill Belichick Foundation and has raised about $50,000 over the past five seasons uh, through a fundraiser there called Grounders of the Game. And I also know he works with the uh, uh, organization called PASA, which is a police after-school athletic association, which he has some of the boys volunteer with and tries to increase access to the game around the local community. And I know he's proud of that and the community's uh, lucky to have him. Um, additionally, we have another Superstar guy, superstar coach, 
uh, Coach Steve O'Donnell from LaSalle Rams. Um, Steve, or as I like to call him, Coach O.D., has a really interesting background. I mean, this is a, an incredibly interesting guy. And uh, if you haven't, Google him and read up on his background. In addition to running the Rhode Island Bulldogs and having a great career over at LaSalle being the head coach, Steve, uh, most of his career was spent in law enforcement. And he was uh, joined the state police in 86, Rhode Island State Police, and eventually became the head of the state police and uh, has had all sorts of different roles from patrolman to deputy superintendent to chief of operations, field officer, detective commander, and he's just had a really interesting and dedicated career. And I know the community is very grateful for the hard work and leadership that he's put in and keeping our community safe. Uh, Coach O'Donnell received his BS from the University of New Haven is MS from Salve Regina, and is a graduate of the FBI National Academy. I mean, that, Coach, that just sounds cool just to say it. I don't know what they teach at the FBI National Academy, but if it's anything like what's happening on TV and some of those shows from 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock at night, it is cool. Um, so he's also taught at Roger Williams University different courses on organized crime, criminal justice, and over- undercover operations at both Roger Williams and Salve Regina. He retired from the police and now is the CEO of the Greater Providence YMCA. And uh, he's both of these guys are family guys. I think Coach Freoli has two daughters. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, and a wife. And I know Coach uh, O'Donnell has three boys and grandkids. We just heard today. Congratulations, Coach, that you have a granddaughter in the mix. So lots of good things happening for both these guys. Gentlemen, Welcome to On the Whistle. It's exciting to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for me. having us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. What an introduction. Well, Holy mackerel. We, we, we're trying to run a first-class operation here. So, look, uh, we talked a little bit in the introduction about the idea of a rivalry. And um, for some reason, you guys are running the best programs in the state at the high school level. And you guys have met each other. Um, at the state final. So we want to explore the concept of rivalry uh, in athletics and in sports. And from that topic, we're going to want to explore things like preparation for game and how do you build a rivalry and keep things respectful. And one of the things that I admired uh, when my son was on Coach Frioli's team was the level of admiration and respect that uh, the kids had for each other. And they became friends, even though they were competing with each other. But before we get into that, why don't we start with you, Mike? Tell us a little bit about how you fell into the game of lacrosse. And were you the kid with, you know, the backpack on and the lacrosse stick attached to his waist everywhere he went, like a fishing pole on Huck Finn? Or were you a kid who learned it later on in life and didn't start so young? Like, how did you get involved with lacrosse? A little bit of both, Gary. It was, um, you know, like you said, I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, which is a one of the hotbeds, right, of the country. And um, I started playing in seventh grade, which was a little little late uh, for that neck of the woods. It usually started five or six down there. Uh, so I was a baseball player up until that point and um, played youth football since fourth grade and really loved the physicality, you know. So wasn't getting that in baseball. Had some friends who were playing lacrosse and uh, really just transitioned over to the game of lacrosse and found that through my friends and, and through the community and, and fell in love with it really quickly. So played two years of, of youth lacrosse, seventh and eighth grade uh, down there, and then um, went on to Annapolis High School uh, and played four years there. 
before college. So that's how I got into it. It was really friends and, and a desire to uh, pursue something new and to pursue that physicality year-round that I was getting from youth football. How about you, Coach uh, O'Donnell? Where did uh, lacrosse start in your life? No, it's a good question. I, as I went to LaSalle, I lived about a mile from LaSalle growing up, and lacrosse wasn't an option as a child. It was football, baseball, basketball. Um, that's what I did. I went to LaSalle, and the best part of LaSalle is they have so many sports programs. I didn't make the baseball team, and someone said, try this game. I never saw lacrosse ever, and I typically would fall out of basketball games, so playing lacrosse was kind of right in my wheelhouse. So I started playing as a sophomore in high school, and then same as Mike, you just fall in love with it, and the rest is just um, just putting the time in. Um, it, cha- it really changed who I was as an athlete. You know, I went in LaSalle thinking baseball, basketball came out as a wrestler, lacrosse player. So um, different path, but um, – and then bringing forward what Mike's talking about, um, and you introduced Mike, having it back in the city, that's one of my goals, is to get the urban core playing lacrosse like they do in other states. That's one of the reasons I am where I am now for future. Why is that a goal, Steve? What is it about getting lacrosse – into inner city why is that important i think the word's critical because um, i'm a product of a city environment you know tenement growing up um so i had options when you're in the urban setting a lot of kids don't have options they just don't have them um athletes an athlete boy or girl so giving them opportunity i think is such an important aspect of their life and some of them just can't afford to play lacrosse or they can't afford to do certain things so I always say it's on us to get the message out. It's not easy to do, you know, with fields and all the things that we try and do. But I believe that um, if you can put lacrosse programs together, you're going to cut down on school issues. You're going to cut down on violence issues right across the board because the kids are busy and they'll be mission orientated. So you're not going to save the world. But I do believe um, like the Holland lacrosse model works. Yeah, that uh, we should talk a little bit about that model and learn more from it uh, as we go through the show. What about coaches as you guys were growing up? I mean, Mike, thinking back about when you were um, probably, you know, growing up and, you know, I don't know enough really about your youth, but were you an easy kid? Were you a pain to your parents? And by the way, what did the coaches do? So do you, can you think back about a coach that like took you by the back of the year and, and formed you or helped you understand your roles and responsibilities and, and made you realize where your path was? Absolutely. Um, the first part of that question, I don't think my mom listens to podcasts, so I can answer this probably any, any way I'd like, right? Yes, you um, can. I'd say she would, she would say that I was all boy, you know, a lot of, a lot of energy, um, into a lot of different things, but the, the coach and really the person outside of my parents who's had the most influence on my life is uh, Coach Dan Hart. He was my high school lacrosse coach, and um, he was everything uh, to me, for me, um, just, a, just a tough he, – he actually did not have a lacrosse background. You know, I hear Steve talk, um, you know, he was a basketball, soccer, baseball uh, coach – coming up. Um, he's got his own unique story, but, uh, I'm convinced that he could have won championships in anything, rock climbing, golf, you know, he won multiple championships in lacrosse. So, um, he was a huge influence 
on my life and um, just taught us what, you know, commitment really was and, and, and passion and, and hard work and, and toughness. Um, there's a, there's a piece of coach heart that I take with me every day, you know, when I get up to go to work and that I bring to Moses Brown and, and coaching those boys. Um, so I, part of what I'm doing is giving back to what he gave to me and, and all my teammates in Annapolis. When you say there's a piece of coach heart that I take with me when I wake up, can you describe that piece? I mean, can you get a little granular with it? Because one of the things yeah, that I you, really want is for people to take away from the show the things that work, right? And try and define them so that they can have them and use them with them. Yeah. It was a really, it was a very blue collar setting, right? So there was this, he, he used, you know, he had many, many phrases, but you get what you earn and you earn what you get, you know? So there was, there was that, that you... We're, we're working with and there's that that you take with you as an adult, you know, and you get out into the working world. And um, I, I take that with me, you know, time to time to pick up the paycheck. You know, that was another one that he would say, uh, you know, you put the work in all week and you're and you're walking down to uh, play the game against the opponent. And, and, and that was the paycheck time, you know, for all the work that you had put in. So how about you, coach, uh, thinking back on, on, going through your game and learning to become, you know, the player that you became. Are there any specific coaches that you can think of that helped form you? Yes. Uh, my wrestling coach would be, believe it or not, top of the list. His name was George George. And if you remember Dan Gable, he, sure. he lost to Dan Gable in Olympic trial semifinals. He was the wrestling coach at LaSalle. And I met him and he was the most galvanizing coach I've ever met. Like I never wrestled before. I was a basketball player. Said, let me try wrestling and get in shape for lacrosse and ch life changing how far you could push your body, the things that he would do, the way he carried himself in the school. He's a teacher at LaSalle. Um, and just to this day, we're friends. And he comes into Rhode Island for the summer to do some boating. And there's so many people that aspire to his type of leadership where he just pushed and pushed and you'd do anything he asked you to do physically. And he taught you how far your body will go before your mind quit, which was, I thought the amazing piece much more than the sports piece. So that's kind of what I try and push to our kids as tight as they get, your body gives out before your mind will give out. And if you can, you know, that and in that fourth quarter, if you know that you got it, it's tougher to beat you if you know you have that. So that came from wrestling, believe it or not. And then Dennis Dobbin, who we all know, I know Mike knows him as uh, Moses Brown guy. He coached me at LaSalle. He was my lacrosse coach at LaSalle. And he was also very, I wouldn't say difficult, but he took no nonsense. So he was no prisoners, all discipline. And so two of those high school coaches, I pulled some of the, I think their best traits and kind of put it into your own personality. Steve, knowing that you entered a career of law enforcement, which is all about discipline and rigor and sacrifice. Do you think that some of this coaching that you learned along the way helped influence or prepare you for that career? Uh, I, I think so. I, you know, my first job, most people don't know out of college was coaching. I coached at Providence College for four years and I didn't know anything about coaching. I was right out of college and um, another legend, Lou Lamarillo, Sure. You know, he took a chance, put his arm around me, said, you're hired, stay away from the co-eds, keep your kids in line. So I didn't listen to the first part, I may add, but um, I was 22. But the discipline piece, yes, um, when I, when we weren't doing well, I went back to the discipline piece, the physical piece of the discipline part of the body where those kids responded. So 
Um, over the years, I think the discipline police goes away a little bit because the society has changed, but the kids kind of pick it up on, on their own now. So I think Mike will tell you, I'll tell you, coaching's different now. You know, you coach a lot differently than you did 15 or 20 years ago. But the discipline piece that came out of where I, I came from sometimes gets used against you. Like, well, he's so disciplined, but I believe that's the way to go. Um, in the State Police Training Academy, they used to say you take your head and your butt, you wire that together, and that's how you stay safe. So the mental discipline, I think, is really, really important in sports from little kids all the way right up to professional. For those of you who haven't attended a Moses Brown or LaSalle lacrosse game, I can tell you that it has an air of seriousness. I don't know how I'll, what other word to use. And when at the home games for Moses Brown, the LaSalle kids will approach the field and they walk in like Roman soldiers. It's the only, I mean, they even have the Roman colors, right? I mean, it's crimson, red, and white. And they walk filed in, no talking. And for me as a parent, I was intimidated by the kids. And I know, Steve, that has to be your DNA. I mean, that comes from coaching. You have taught these young people that you walk in a file, you're arm length apart, you support each other, you're a, a band of brothers, if you will. Am I right in that characterization or is that a, is there a mischaracterization? No, I think you're spot on, but I think if you watch, you know, the, uh, I, I love the word rivalry because I, um, one of the words I'll use it, I used, uh, I stole it from Mike. Um, I was reading an article many, many years back when we played Mike, I'm not sure, eight, nine years ago, but it was one of the championships we won and they asked you a question and your response was, I respect them. And so think about that. Ten years later, I remember that because that's such a powerful word, but everybody's got a different definition of respect. So I know when we play Moses Brown, those kids respect LaSalle kids, but that doesn't mean they're not going to do their best to win and vice versa. And I think what Mike and I, I think, in my opinion, have done well is those kids are friends. And I think you mentioned it earlier, like they all talk to each other. They play in college. The ones who don't, they have a mutual admiration for each other. Um, even when you read us, um, Steve DeLeo made a comment once, and that comes from coaching, so that's Mike pushing it down. When those things come out of Moses Brown kids' mouths, those are the things that I think there's a win for the coaching environment in the state because those kids are going to go in the workforce. They're going to work for you. They'll work for Mike. They'll work for me. And they're going to understand what teamwork means well beyond if it's lacrosse or, or basketball. So I think that rivalry piece is really good. It's very healthy for Rhode Island. Um, it's healthy for the kids. But it wasn't – when I played in high school, you learned to hate the guys you played against. I don't see it that way, mm -hmm. and I don't think Mike does. Those kids play hard. They respect it. Um, you'll even see people knock each other over. And once in a while, they pick that person back up. It's very unusual in sports. So I'm pretty proud – of the um of a rivalry with uh, Moses Brown, but that's limited to do with Moses Brown more than Mike putting the culture to Moses Brown and vice versa. Because I get really angry if one of our kids does something wrong and I find out about it. Like um just a little example is one of our guys, unfortunately, parents did something shouldn't have done a couple years ago. And I'll never forget Mike's face. Mike, did you Mike said Steve, did you see what happened? And I hadn't. And then when I found out, it almost it deflated everything we did because you work so hard, both teams, and it shouldn't end that way. So 
Um, I have a lot of respect for what Mike does at Moses Brown, and as, as well as all those kids who make that rivalry every year better and better for, for Rhode Island and in New England in general. I think it's better than any rivalry in it, any New England team that I know about. Um, can I follow up, Gary? Yeah, please go ahead, Mike. Jump yeah. in. No, I just I, I appreciate all the kind words, Steve. And, and what I wanted to chime in with is it's sincere too, right? It's it's very sincere. These kids, the coaches, the schools, they feel it. And and you think about what's at stake, right? Throughout this rivalry, when, when this started, when Moses Brown uh, went into the Rhode Island Interscholastic League in 2009, um, we were fortunate to win the first couple of championships, right? And since then, it's been LaSalle. They've been on a just a phenomenal run, right? So you think about the rivalry and what's at stake and um, you've got Moses Brown trying to climb back up to the top, you know, and and take the best team in the state down, right? And then think about, I don't know if pressure is the right word to use, but think about what's at stake for LaSalle and all those kids, you know, they don't want to give up what they've had going for all these years, right? So um, it's really really fun. You, You know that when you're playing LaSalle in our program, I mean, we have to bring our absolute best because they're at the top. They've got tremendous coaches, tremendous players, and um, it's just it's a fantastic thing to, to be a part of. Even though there's been losses, we've won some, we've lost many, but it's been, it's been a tremendous rivalry to be a part of. So I echo all the nice things that Steve said about our program is, is right back at him. It well, starts at the top, and that's him. and He's a tremendous leader. Well, look, there's no uh, lack of appreciation and admiration for each other, and that obviously trickles down to the boys and across the community, and, and we should all be grateful for that. Mike, let's get into some of the things that I know about your coaching style. Put you on the hot seat a little here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My son was. Steve's got, Steve's got more experience at this, but I don't know as much about Steve as I do you. He's got all that experience at the, uh, the head of the state police. He does the questions. He does. But look, Mike, you send home my son. My son was a player for you uh, on your team, and he you sent him home with a piece of paper. I couldn't say enough good things about this piece of paper. And by the way. I want to make it available. I'm going to find that document, and we're going to put it on on the whistle. Max, make a note of that. I want that out there, right? And it said something to the effect, and I'm quoting, there's three answers to give your coach. I hope I get this right. It's yes, coach, no, coach, or I don't understand, coach. Right? Close. Okay. Two. Oh, okay, coach. You're doing a head bob thing. Okay, I got it. Oh, coach, I'm sorry. I don't understand what it is you're okay, asking. Two me to things. Do. He even made it simpler, right? Yeah. <laughs> he said to parents, um, I run my practices. And by the way, you're more than welcome to watch the practices, but you're going to watch them from the upper parking lot. There's no coming down to the practice field when we're practicing and getting ready for the game. And by the way, when you're at the game, you stay in the parent section. You don't come over to the side with the team and you act like a normal fan. And so you just set up these boundaries, right? And they were very, very clear. <clears throat> oh, and by the way, parents, if you call me and you say, don't tell my son, but I, this is that's going on and he's not getting enough playing time or whatever, just be aware. The first thing I'm going to do is pick up the phone and call your son and say, by the way, your parent's calling. So do we have a problem? Because you're not communicating with me. Right? And Steve's laughing. Exactly. For, those, for those of you who can't hear right now, Steve's chuckling because Steve gets it too. 
So my question here, Mike, is what is going on with this? Is this more of a Dan? <laughs> is this Dan Hart isms? Are these Mike Frioli isms? And what is it that that structure? Because I'll tell you, my son was, um, and many of his teammates. It is those players, but I saw it through my son that they would have walked on coals, fire, right? Swum to the last lap, whatever was requested of them because of these rules you put in place. It's like you make it hard for them and they spring forward. For sure. It's, um, it's a combination of things. So, you know, is it Dan Hart isms? Absolutely. But it's also those eight years of college coaching that I did. And Steve alluded to this, you know, every coach that you come into contact with, you take a little bit from, right? You take the good, you take the bad, you mold it all and then you make it into your own, right? So there's some of these lessons that I've learned along the way that are, are with me today. Um, you're actually, you're talking about two different documents. So we have one document putting players, parents, and coaches on the same page, which as you know, Gary, when we have our season kickoff, uh, it's a nice meal. We come together as a community and I take about 15 to 20 minutes and go through a bunch of things. And that document is, is one of the things that we cover just to make sure that we're all on the same page and, and set the expectations of everyone's role in the team, whether you're a player, a, a coach, a parent, an administrator, et cetera. Um, the other document that you're talking about is, is, is really, you know, the Moses Brown lacrosse way. Right. Um, and I think that's the one that Jude, you know, had in his room and you and I have talked about in the past. And, and really the first thing we do is, is we acknowledge that they're student athletes and we expect their academic best and we support them in that endeavor. Right. So you get a lot of help at Moses Brown. Um, we help in the way that, that if, if a kid needs some extra work, um, academics are extremely tough. We are pretty lenient with giving them that room there. If they need to come to practice 10, 15 minutes late because they have to meet with a teacher, we're, we're going to okay that, right? Um, we're going to support them there. Um, from there, it's just, you know, making sure they conduct themselves in a manner that has the utmost integrity for their family, uh, our school, um, our team and themselves, you know, we always want them to make sure they know what they're wearing across the front of their chest in, in the back of their jackets. And, that, and that's Moses Brown. Um, we, we expect them to put the team first, you know, prioritize their commitment to the team, earn their roster spot, work hard, prioritize sleep, hydrate, eat well, um, you know, limit screen time, which is very hard to do these days, right? But that's made its way into the document over the years. Um, address the way you address a coach. We talk about drugs, alcohol, vaping. Um, we teach them a little bit about life, about being an adult, returning all their emails, their texts, their phone calls in a prompt fashion. Um, and above all, to just be a tremendous teammate, you know, be a great teammate. And and that's what, that's pretty much the document. Yeah. Coach O.D., uh, do you have an inner working that you want to share with us? Meaning, you know, if I hadn't been a parent of that team, I wouldn't have known those things. And is there a secret recipe or a, a way of LaSalle lacrosse in thinking about building up these young players to learn the discipline that carries them forward throughout their lives and makes them successful on the field? You know, everything Mike said is basically, you know, it's the same thing. I'm not sure if it's different in most schools. It's just the clientele 
that's willing to listen. I think that's the difference. You got Mike's got a group of kids that'll listen. I got a group of kids that'll listen. Um, the only thing I deviate wouldn't deviate from, but um, one thing LaSalle stresses that the field's an extension of the classroom. So those life lessons, winning and losing is secondary from them. It's, you know, what happens, the same thing that Mike said, you know, parents, parents do not call me. Um, if they do, it's always about uh, playing time, but they don't. It's against the rules at LaSalle to do that. Um, if a parent has an issue, same thing. Kid goes to the coach, not the kid to the school. If the, skid goes, if the child goes to, I'm sorry, the parent goes to the AD, the first question is athletic director says, have you talked to the coach? Sometimes the kids are accurate, sometimes they're not. So that's what I like about LaSalle quite a bit, honestly, that the um, – um, I respect the parents, but some of the parents can be a little bit difficult over the top with all this recruiting thing. And my son's not playing, so he's not going to get recruited. And it gets personal sometimes. So I think it sounds like Moses Brown's got the very same system with Mike and I that um, it's rare. Um, I don't know if you should have, this happens to you, Mike, but typically younger coaches like Cody, they're newer. And so those parents go right to Cody. And I say, Cody, you got to put the got to tell them no. And um, when he coached with us two years ago, he learned pretty quickly, no, it's not about that. So, um, and then the freshmen, we always have problems with freshmen because the parents have really done everything for them until high school. And you walk in LaSalle Academy, you take over, you take charge now. Parents are supposed to be out. So when parents get in touch with me in the fall, talk to your son, talk to your son, talk to your son. Then you push back to the sons talk to your parents, talk to your parents. So it's just the whole process. And it's, you know, watching them, I said this publicly going from 14 to 18, there's no better feeling watching a 14 year old kid coming to our schools that are green and learning the process and walk out the door proud, um, going to college and doing something different. Um, that's really what it's about much more than playing. The playing is, I always say the unintended consequence of what it is. Um, you know, we put kids into schools like you, Mike, you know, West Point, you know, just, and some of them don't go play lacrosse at West Point. They're not good enough, but they, but it's sports is another avenue to help them. Coach O'Donnell, I've got a quote from you, and um, e, it's actually on ESPN.com in one of their blogs. It says, it's watching the young men as they progress physically and mentally from their freshman to their senior year, says O'Donnell. Lacrosse, like any sport, has responsibilities and expectations. Boys need discipline and expectations. If you expect something from them, most boys will meet that challenge. They want to produce as a group. They've bought into that group mentality. <clears throat> so here's the, the greatest mystery. If I gave my son that document and said, you know, Mom and I are thinking, uh, you know, you guys really need to step it up. So we've written up this document about how to perform in the house. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> this is why being a coach and having a coach and having a mentor in your life, whether it's your chess teacher, your robotics teacher, your math teacher, your football coach, your lacrosse coach, your you know homeroom advisor, whoever it is, when you enter that third person into the narrative, and you know can speak honestly to a child who's trying to figure out their path in life, and it's no longer the parent's voice, but it's an independent person who maybe has something at stake to trade for them, like a little playing time or a pat on the back or a, hey, don't step out of line because I care about you. That's the magic that really happens. And it's fascinating, you know, to look at it and to understand it. And I think you guys have both done a great job figuring out that balance, you know, of, of enticement 
but rigor and discipline at the same time, and certainly your records show for it. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys have in store for this season and how you're coming out of COVID. And, I mean, do these kids still remember how to play? I mean, you probably haven't had an organized much in a while. How are you transitioning out of COVID and, and onto the field? Coach O'Donnell, why don't we start with you? What, what's been going on with your team? Yeah, that's interesting. So we've had Zoom meetings, and um, it's the typical certain amount of kids are always engaged. Um, LaSalle, we have numbers, um, but some of those kids play hockey, football, and um, not really sure how committed they are. And I think the challenge this year for all the coaches will be the the seniors were never juniors. You didn't get to coach them as juniors where I've always seen seniors just rise. Um, I've had some seniors that I had no expectations for. They just rose because they were seniors and they just got it. Um, Colin Chapman's probably the best example um, as a senior. And he's at West Point now. So I think watching the kids who have skipped a year, then the freshmen were never freshmen. So everybody skipped a year. So that one year of maturity around your coaches, they don't have it. So um, trying to bring that discipline back, the season's starting later, uh, the dynamics of, you know, all these, all your seniors are going to be graduated mid-season. And how do you keep them locked into your program where, you know, they can be at the beach, they can be doing, you know, pre-college stuff, um, it's hard the last two weeks of keeping our kids intact before COVID. So m- moving into the end of June will be uh, a challenge for the school, but also a challenge for the coaches. How about you, Mike? Yeah, similar. You know, right now it's it's a lot of communication. We're having uh, Zoom meetings as, as well and trying to get organized, right? Because it's going to be normally what's a 10 to 11 week season is going to be scrunched down into an eight week season, right? So we've got to be um, physically in shape, ready to go and highly organized, right? When we hit the ground running on April 26th. So um, that's what we're focused on right now. But Steve makes a lot of great points. You know, it's, uh, it's going to take focus. Um, the season is going to go longer. Typically we'd finish in the you know, first weekend in June, it's going to slated to go what till June 20th, right? Coach. Yes. Yeah. So um, we're going to start later, go later. It'll be um, not the traditional season that we're, we're used to. So we're trying to get as organized as humanly possible so that we can hit the ground running. As we wrap up the show, I have a question that I ask all my guests. I'm going to start with coach O'Donnell and then I'm going to pass it to you, Mike, and then we'll do a closing. But, uh, Coach O'Donnell, you yourself have played a lot of games in your career as a player. You've coached a lot of teams and games as a coach. What have you gained more from, the wins or the losses? Oh, without question, the losses, without question. Because they burn, you know, You um, as a coach, you always question, you know, if I had done this differently, would the outcome been different? If I didn't take any lip from that kid three weeks ago would the result been different so you you know you just you second guess yourself all the time um, but the learnable teachable moments i watched kids cry you know young men 17 18 year old crying um both sides you know mike's team my team which means they're invested they invested what they want to be involved in um so i think the losses hurt and you learn more from the losses more than winning winning is um, you know, it might sound easy to say it's great to win, but it's the the pain, you know, because that sticks with you for a long time. It's hard because a win two days, you pass the win and it's your, your old news. But the loss, you know, sits inside your body 
forever. And I tell you, Cody, one of the best players ever playing my program, never won. And he talks about it all the time. So think about that. Probably the best, one of the best players ever in playing Rhode Island. His conversation with his peers is about never winning a championship. So it matters. Mike? Yeah. You know, I, I knew this question was coming because I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I, and I liked a couple of uh, guests that said both. But um, I, I think I'd have to agree with Coach O'Donnell here. I mean, it, to me, it does come back to you learn more from the losses. You know, you just – and it's not even a championship loss. Maybe it's a regular season loss. And, and you go back and you you really analyze things, right? Did we – you know, we, we, we didn't clear very well. We were 65% in clearing, and, and that led to us losing the game. Well, you can bet you're going you're gonna to focus a lot on clearing, right, and to be better for the next game. If you win a game and you're 65% in clearing, you're probably moving on because you've won. So you don't analyze it as hard as as you would if you if you lose. So I think you learn more from the losses. The wins are great and they're certainly teachable, um, and and teachable moments and moments you want to grasp there. Uh, but I think you learn more from the losses. I asked my son to join this podcast. He refused. He said, uh, "I said." Jude, Coach O'Donnell, and Coach Frioli are coming on on the whistle. I'd love to have you on. What an interesting dynamic that would make. You could have a guest appearance. He said, Dad, it's been two and a half years. I've been trying to put that day behind me for two and a half years. I, I don't want to relive it, right, because he wanted a win so bad. Now, for the record, my son, captain of that team, they lost in the finals. Two years he was goalie, starting goalie, lost to Steve O'Donnell's team. But he did say this to me, Coach O'Donnell, he said, but I still use it as motivation, right? Still to this day, he said, when I really want to get fired up for something, I think about that feeling of what it was like to lose that state championship, and it motivates me still today. So to have that, to carry that with him is a great gift, regardless of the outcome. And that is, in my opinion, the learning, and that's something that sports gives people that you can't experience in other ways in your life. So gentlemen, we want to know more about uh, your programs and your work. How do we find out about you? Coach O'Donnell, uh, is it, should we go to the YMCA, Providence YMCA, if we want to get in touch with you? Do you have a Facebook thing? Is it, I know you've got the Rhode Island Bulldogs. If you want to get coached by Coach O'Donnell, you can sign up for the Rhode Island Bulldogs and, and participate there. You can apply to go to LaSalle Academy as a high school player and, and get involved with your program there. Is there anything else that you want us to know? No, I mean um – you know, lacrosse has always been a, an avenue for my out. I think the piece that I probably didn't mention is when I was doing the state police stuff, I did some kind of, um, my background's pretty elaborate when it came to law enforcement, but I felt so committed to lacrosse. It was always my special place, if that makes sense, where I go to practice for three hours. That's where I cleanse my soul, so to speak. And I've always found that to be um, therapeutic for me. So any kid, you know, young, old, boy, girl, we don't mind. We coach them. Um, many Mike's players I've coached as little kids. Um, and some of them come back to haunt you. They just, but I just think that connectivity when we all push this aside, you know, getting l- lacrosse in Rhode Island has really made some relationships that a lot of people just don't know. Here's one right now right, with all of us that it all surrounds lacrosse. So, um, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave, I'll leave the rest of the time for Mike. But, but thank you for having us also. Of course, Coach. Mike, 
where do we, where if we want to follow you or learn about you, what, what do we do? Um, there's there's a few avenues, I guess. Uh, you know, MosesBrown.org, right? If you're interested in the school, uh, reach out to admissions there, and we can connect that way. Um, MosesBrown.org backslash camps. Uh, we run some nice camps throughout the summer. So if you're interested in playing lacrosse and and want to join us for a couple of weeks, um, there's that opportunity as well. I'm really excited that we're celebrating the 60th uh, year of boys lacrosse at Moses Brown. So we're going to celebrate that to the fullest this year, which is a pretty cool thing to think about. Uh, rich tradition that is Moses Brown lacrosse. And um, I just, I appreciate this opportunity today to talk with you and Coach O'Donnell. And uh, I'm just really excited ab- about uh the young men that get an opportunity to play this, this spring, you know, when you were asking what's going on and, and we talked about the zoom calls, I started thinking about uh, the young men and those seniors that didn't get their senior year last year, you know, so we're going to try and honor them as best we can this year as well. And um, just try to provide the best possible experience we can for the boys who are going to be out there this season, because you used to take seasons for granted, right. And you go through something like we did in 2020 and, and, I don't think there's going to be anybody taking anything for granted uh, moving forward. So that's where our mindset's at. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. We will be watching carefully the scoreboard and the tickers, and uh, we are going to be following the season like Hawks. And uh, we'd love to check back in with you later on, maybe after one or two games, perhaps. Would you be game to that idea of checking back in? Coach O'Donnell, would you, would you be open to that? Sure, always, always. Coach, I agree. Coach whatever, Frioli? Whatever you need us for, Gary, we're there. All right, I appreciate that, gentlemen. I'm wishing you both tremendous success in your season, and uh, we're very appreciative of the work you're doing here locally, and hopefully the game of lacrosse becomes more accessible for everybody across the country. So thanks so much for the good work you do and, and the people's lives that you're changing day by day. Tremendous. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank thanks, you. everybody. On the Whistle is powered by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for customized team apparel, delivered right to your front door. To learn more, visit squadlocker.com.